the prosecutors respond to the motion to continue in the Lori Vallow, Chad Day Bell matter. Was Brian Koberger framed? Apparently someone in his family thinks so. I'll give you an example of why love triangles never work out. And then finally, our dumb criminal of the day. Let's talk about it. Good day, everyone. My name is Scott Reich, and this is Crime Talk. Thanks for joining us. As you can see, we are not in the Crime Talk studios. I am on the road today. And you may say, Scott, where could you possibly be? I am in Ohio. I am in Akron, Ohio. I'm here on a special project, so to speak, to see if something works out. But we still found time to do a show today. So let's get to it. You know the drill, subscribe if you haven't, like if you do, hit the thumbs up, leave me a comment and hit that little bell so that you receive notifications when we go live or put up new content. And remember to always support the people that support Crime Talk. Like many Americans, we got a dog during the pandemic. My quarantine dog, Miss Winnie the Bulldog. Now Miss Winnie has grown accustomed to being around us all the time. When we were leaving the house, Winnie would have extreme anxiety, so we decided to look for natural products to help with her anxiety. We looked for the highest quality CBD treats and we were not satisfied, and neither was Winnie. So we created a high quality CBD product that absorbs faster and provides the required results faster. Baked in Colorado CBD treats and beverage enhancers are made with nanotechnology. The nanotechnology makes the CBD extraction more pure, also allows for Baked in Colorado products to work faster. Baked in Colorado products can help reduce your pet's anxiety, ease joint pain, and help with your dog's skin problems. Go to our online store and see what Baked in Colorado product is best for your dog. When you order at bakedincolorado.com, enter code WINNIE and receive 15% off your first order. We have a 30-day money-back guarantee. If your dog does not experience the desired results in 30 days, return the product and we will refund your money. No questions asked. Let's go ahead and open the docket for January 16th, 2023. Let's get rolling. Well, we brought you the story last week. Mr. Pryor, the attorney for Chad Daybell, wants a motion to continue. He just, in the past three years, has not had any time to work on anything of substance, and he would be ineffective and therefore depriving Mr. Daybell of his constitutional right to effective assistance of counsel. Well, the prosecution has responded, and just like I responded last week, I thought, are you really, you can't be ready? What have you been doing this entire time? So let's take a look at what the prosecution said. They said, hey, first judge, I want you to consider a couple of things that Mr. Pryor and the defendant made his initial court appearance, get this date, May 26 of 2021. The defendant was arraigned in the district court on June 9th of 2021. And then the state announced their intent to seek the death penalty going on from October 5th of 2021. The trial was originally set in November of 2021. The defendant then waived his rights to a speedy trial on August 20th of 2021, and that trial date was vacated. The government wants the court to know that it says, hey, judge, remember, we're the ones that said set this trial again in fall of 2023, but it was the defendant, Mr. Daybell, who was adamant that this matter should proceed in January of 2023. And then on September 27th of 2022, 
Mr. Daybell filed a motion to continue the trial set for January of 2023. The state didn't object to the motion to continue based upon the uh, joint trial having been vacated in the defendant's case of Lori Vallow. However, the state's paramount position has consistently been that this is one case for trial with the corresponding two defendants and to basically have an involuntary severance on the part of the prosecution would be inappropriate. The prosecution then says, hey, once again, she had her initial appearance, she being Lori Vallow, I'm sorry, on May 26th of 2021. Due to the competency proceedings, she was not arraigned until April 19th of 2022. And then the state filed their notice to seek the death penalty in May of 2022. And Lori Vallow, as we may recall, did not waive speedy trial date. And that trial was originally set to begin in October of 2022. That date was later changed to January of 2023 to allow her trial to proceed with defendant Chad Daybell's case. And obviously there's been yet new competency issues raised again uh, in September of 2022, put those proceedings on hold. So the January trial date was vacated. Now, defendant Lori Vallow has maintained she is not waiving speedy trial and the joint trial was reset to begin on April 3rd of 2023. And then Mr. Like I said, Daybell through his attorney, Mr. Pryor says, I just can't be prepared. And, um, in the motion that he argues that uh, he stated back in September of 2022 that he was simply not going to be prepared for trial. And this was inconsistent with what he has previously stated, saying that he was ready to go back in October of 2022. And they do note, like I kind of noted, that, hey, you don't have a constitutional right to a mitigation expert. Mitigation can take many, many forms. It's called interviewing family friends, interviewing witnesses, getting school records, getting mental health records, if any exist. That is mitigation. You do not necessarily need somebody to go do that for you. It's called an investigator. Yes, there are specialists. We had a video years ago where we had a, uh, a, a Patreon member who was a death penalty mitigation expert. Yes, they that's what they do. That's what they focus on, but that's their jobs. But you don't have a constitutional right to it. So therefore, the prosecution is basically saying this matter should proceed. And we are objecting to any, any continuance in this particular case. The prosecution notes what I somewhat noted about Mr. Daybell is uh, how complex could his history be? The state says it couldn't be that complex or unique as to require a unique method or protracted period of record gathering Certainly none that could not be accomplished in eight months. Uh, the specialist has apparently been on the defense team. Prosecution also notes, hey, you didn't mention anything that you thought that you couldn't get, that you've been trying to get, that is so imperative to do that. And the prosecution says, you know, the defendant keeps harping on this outstanding discovery issue from the state and claims that this is another reason for a continuance. However, the state has until February 23rd of 2023 to provide all discovery. Furthermore, the prosecution notes, and I agree, the remedy for an outstanding discovery issue is not necessarily a continuance, but to exclude the evidence that the prosecution has not turned over or some other remedy, but it doesn't necessarily need to be an expert or doesn't necessarily need to be uh, a continuance as the remedy. 
So needless to say, it looks like the prosecution is getting ready to go to trial. But then we have another motion, which is it's a stipulated uh, notice to the court, basically saying that there has been some consumptive testing that's going to take place. The parties filed a stipulation saying that a hair sample was recently discovered by the Idaho State Lab that may be consumed by the state lab trying to determine if sufficient DNA is present to create a DNA profile. In the event that the DNA is, is uh, available to create more than one profile, the DNA sample is gonna be split between the parties for testing and each party may have their own expert uh, do their own choice of testing. And in the event that sufficient DNA is available for only one profile to be created, the parties agree that the state lab shall halt all further testing and the parties will reconvene at the time at a time to determine uh, who should conduct any further testing. So it shows you the discovery is an ongoing process, but if the prosecution is gonna do this, I get it from their motions that this was just recently discovered, that's fine. But why was not this done and discovered much, much earlier in time? This case needs to get set. I hope that Judge Boyce says full steam ahead. You've had sufficient time. And if you don't think you've had sufficient time, guess what? We'll take it up if there is a conviction after any appeals. Let's keep it simple. Prosecution finally seems like they're getting their act together and they're ready to go. So let's go do this thing. Next on the docket, was Brian Koberger framed? Well, apparently, and I say apparently, a family member thinks so. But they did it anonymously. So take that for what it is worth. Now, obviously, Brian Koberg's been charged and arrested with the death of the four college students there in Moscow, Idaho. Well, needless to say, there's been a lot of talk about the Brian Koberger case on social media and, frankly, just about everywhere indeed. So there was a post that was made that says, that they are a member of Brian Koberger's family. It's kept anonymous, so you have to take that with a certain grain of salt indeed. Uh, I truly believe if people, if they wanna actually have something out there, they should put their name behind it. But this is somewhat of an interesting little twist. Um, and like I said, unless you can prove it, that's the only thing that matters in a court of law, what you can prove, not what you think, not what you believe, but what you actually know. So this family member said, I'm posting this because Brian is my family and you people in this group act like vultures and rabid raccoons. Brian is innocent and you will see that he was framed by his drug partner friend, the security guard from the university. Now the user, this poster then claimed that Brian was doing drugs in the parking lot and the a screenshot further reads that they were doing drugs together in the parking lot as they had done numerous times. But when security guard started acting like a peeping Tom outside the girl's window, Brian left the security guard and drove back to his apartment. The screenshot also said, the reason the phone was off is because the battery was flat and the security guard was using the car charger. Brian put his phone on charge when he left the parking lot and he switched it back on when he was near his apartment because that's how long it took to get a charge going. The post also notes that Brian's knife was in the car 
and security guard was holding it because he had used it to chop the cocaine lines. Yes, I said cocaine because Brian stopped heroin years back and substituted the drug with cocaine. The Facebook poster also notes that, quote, he has tried to, he has tried so hard to stop everything, but he's an addict and he had migraines, so the cocaine actually helps him. He had no idea security guard was going to do what he did and just wanted to teach security guard a lesson by leaving him behind. Brian actually feels terrible that he left this maniac behind, but it's not his fault. And then the alleged Koberger family member threatened that uh, Koberger and his father would sue people if they spread any rumors as per the screenshot. You people need to stop with these singing videos and funny pictures of Brian and my dad, or we will sue you for everything you have. All of you just get a life and stop playing Facebook detectives. So I don't know. As you may recall, lots of family members in the uh, Watts case hit to social media and responded to allegations and claims. Um, I don't know. You take it for what it's worth, if it's worth anything at all, but we throw that out there for you to decide. Leave me a comment below. Was Koberger framed? Security guard guy? Boy, and if that's the case, you think you'd probably want to let your defense attorneys know immediately so they could get the real killer. Let me know what you think. Next, why love triangles never work out. Meet Eric LaMountain. He shot and killed a guy by the name Gavin Wu, according to the police. And LaMountain is charged with first-degree murder by the Austin Police Department. And um, like I said, he's responsible allegedly for the death of Gavin Wood. It's alleged that on Tuesday, January 10th of this year, the Austin Police Department responded to a shooting. Once the officers arrived, they found Gavin Wood on the sidewalk with a gunshot wound, and Mr. Wood died at the scenes. Detectives determined LaMountain fatally shot Wood after an altercation. The defendant left the scene, but the police found him less than an hour away, according to the police. The shooting allegedly stemmed from LaMountain's disintegrating relationship with a woman. They apparently had been dating, but he discovered her with Wood in the end of December, according to the uh, court affidavits. And then he allegedly took a location sharing app to see that the woman was at Wood's home and uh, she reportedly told the mountain about the affair rather than just simply let her go. Because let's face it, if she wanted to sleep with another guy, the relationship is over. And so the defendant then said, no, I'm not going to let you go. Um, I'm going to go retaliate against Wood. And that's what he did. In the messages, LaMountain says, I told you what I would do if you ever cheated on me. And I still have his address. The woman asked him if he was going to kill her. And uh, he responded, no, not you. He then sent a picture of a gun and a screenshot of a ride sharing app to show he was headed to Wood's home. According to the police, the woman warned Wood, but the victim did not believe LaMountain to be a threat. Guess he was wrong. Now, Mr. LaMountain allegedly admitted in reports to dressing in just black and taking a rideshare service to the man's home. He allegedly uh, pistol whipped Mr. Wood in the head. And uh, then as the victim tried to flee, LaMountain allegedly opened fire, pulling the trigger until the gun was empty. 
The defendant, he considered reloading, but he chose to flee instead. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Let him go, okay? Um, we used to have some funny rules, the Reich Law Firm rules of dating. Um, you know, always check the birth certificate, do a background check, all those types of things. If they're going to send you to jail, they'll probably, they did it once, they'll do it again. Uh, the other one is, if your partner wants to have sex with somebody other than you, the relationship is probably over and you should just simply let them go. All right. Finally today, our dumb criminal of the day. Please meet Patrick Abbott. Now, he was allegedly out on bond when he got arrested for, guess what? Aggravated robbery. So according to police affidavits, Patrick Abbott entered a Publix store in Miami where he handed an employee a note that said he had a gun and to put money in the bag. Well, the store employee read the note. The worker then pretended to help another employee and they were actually calling for the police. Police said that uh, Mr. Abbott left empty handed, but was arrested a uh, short ways uh, down the street after throwing the note away. As it turned out, the uh, gun that Mr. Abbott claimed to have had was actually a stapler. Yes, a stapler. I think as we learned last week, in some states, if people believe you have a firearm, it's okay to defend themselves and those of others. So general rule of thumb, don't take things from people. Uh, do not simulate a weapon. Don't even put your finger into your coat pocket where somebody could think that is what it is because you could get shot. Uh, so Mr. Uh, Abbott did not get shot, but he certainly is dumb because now he's got the child abuse charge and an aggravated robbery. Congratulations, Mr. Abbott. You made it. You're a dumb criminal of the day. That's all we have for you today here from Akron, Ohio. It's been lovely. Had a great steak dinner last night. The only thing I could possibly complain about literally was the jackhammer tearing up the sidewalk at 6.30 a.m., which I guess is not that offensive, but the mere fact that it was 4.30 a.m. my time uh, back in uh, Denver made it a little hard to uh, stomach this morning, to say the least. But we got up and we went on our special mission, which I hopefully will have good news to report to you shortly. All right. Thanks for watching. Have a wonderful day, not just a great day. We'll see you next time on Crime Talk.